Welcome to episode 140 of the Becoming Human podcast. In this episode, I sit down with Brett Masseret. Brett is the owner of Accelerated Innovative Recovery, and he has achieved several world records, such as doing 13,186 push-ups in eight hours. Woo! This dude's a beast. When Brett turned 30, he was diagnosed with spinocerebellar ataxia which is a hereditary disease that produces degenerative changes in the cerebellum, the part of the brain responsible for movement control. Over time, he loses control of his muscles and they could atrophy. Brett and I discuss um, what it's like to exercise for over half of your life, falling in love with the activity and how that's evolved over time. We also dive into his transition into mentoring and teaching other people and helping them with their recovery through his business that provides an array of cutting-edge recovery programs and devices for athletes and also people who are dealing with like rehab, for instance. <clears throat> you can learn more about that at airrecov.com. And I'll leave a link to that in show notes and to Brett's Instagram and YouTube channel. And if you'd like to support the show, you can head over to becominghumanpodcast.com. Check out some swag. I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did. Without any further ado, here's Brett.
working almost nonstop since I was 16. So I've spent more time uh, working out uh, alive than than anything else, really. 17 years. Um, wow. I don't. Yeah, I don't take. I don't take Christmas off or my birthday off or anything like that. The longest time I've ever had off was I had shoulder surgery and I didn't work out for like two weeks. But but outside of that, um, uh, if if I miss a day or two, uh, like after after my push up attempt, I missed two days. Tuesday it was on a Monday and I missed Tuesday and Wednesday. But I was back at it on Thursday. Um, I don't I don't take time off really too much so so that's my background um you know i've uh over the 17 years of working out i've i've somewhat in my mind kind of perfected it i've i've taken from crossfit and boxing and and college athletes working out and things like that and i i've i've put together sort of my own routine um Obviously, it's augmented over the years, especially with my condition. Um, but um, I still try to get you know my workouts and my exercise in uh, uh, a taxi uh, or not. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to get those workouts in. And. What was your motivation for for working out when you were so so young? That, that seems, that's a lot of discipline. Um. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it, you know, a lot of people, and I don't. I, I after the years, I don't really find it as being too true. Uh, a lot of people will say working out is fun. Working out is not fun. <laughs> It's 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 a bear. There's a difference between I tell people exercise and working out. Yeah, exercise can be told very fun, but working out, working out your muscles, exhausting your muscles, is exhausting. It's not not a fun thing. Um, however, when I first started, when I was 16 to 17, 18 years old, I did more exercise than working out. And so because of that, I, I thought it was uh, fun and I certainly enjoyed it. Uh, it was only afterwards when, when I started making it harder on myself that I realized working out sort of a chore. But, but after a while, after two or three years, it became something where, you know, I was just, it, it's a routine and a habit and it's hard to break. And it's it's a good habit to have, so I'm okay with with sticking with it and and yeah, being sort of addicted to it. I I, I can admit that I'm addicted to you know working out, but I think I think um uh, that's a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, ex- exactly. And that's where I found myself. Like I would have, um, I'd have unhealthy relationships with like, with drugs or, uh, food. Um, when I was replacing windshields, I do it out of a van and I do it mobile all up and down throughout different cities and stuff, you know, within like a day's drive, of course. And every time I'd pass a gas station and make a habit to get like a thing of cashews and 
over time, I developed a habit to where I would go, I would have to get a bag of cashews every day. Like I would get anxious thinking about it. And if I didn't, then I would be like, well, I have a, I have a half a tank. I need to fill it up now. I'd make like excuses so that I can go. And that developed into getting two bags of cashews a day. And then I'd stop at the gas station twice a day. And it's like, you don't really have any, I'd find ways like, oh, I need to use the restroom, but I'd really be going in there to go get cashews. And then at the time, you know, I was, I, I was sober cause I saw my behaviors and uh, substances, you know, years prior. And then I'm like, oh, even if I don't have like drugs involved with it, that behavior is still there, right? Like it's very much like a trait of just being a person. And then flash forward a few years after that. And like, I'm, you know, I rid myself of that. Um, and I find it with exercise. And then I like skip a day. I'm like, Oh, look at me. I'm working on all my behaviors. I'm a healthy person. And like, I, you know, I'm getting off scot-free. I worked on that. And then I had to skip a day exercises. And all of a sudden I'm like panicking. I'm like, Oh, that's that's that same place again. <laughs> exactly. And and then working out, you know, a lot of people will say there's that endorphin release and things like that. It's euphoric. And um, you know, so so yeah, so it it is you do feel it is kinda like a drug. And mm-hmm. you are you are feeling like you're kinda missing something when you when you're missing working out. So yeah, um uh, fortunately I have not, you know, had had that drug thing, but it's it's probably because I replaced that with working out and like I said, yeah, for for years and years I've been addicted to working out and the feeling that working out gives me mm-hmm. uh, it is similar to a a drug thing and I I, I uh, probably would have done that road too if it wasn't for working out so mm-hmm. so so I got kind of lucky in that regard but some people would say that that you know my working out is, is has been a waste and so so um, there's always you know detractors and people that think that it's not right for for certain people. And what do you, in in your opinion, like where where would you see someone coming from when they say like that 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 would be for nothing, right? Right. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, uh, my family, especially, I think what they say is 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 that you know, it, just like um, a bad habit. Um, I spend too much time working out. I'm trying to do 12 hours of push-ups. I'm doing eight hours of push-ups. I'm doing six hours of push-ups. And they go, you're wasting half of a day doing what, you know? So, so, um, uh, it, a lot of the times it comes out of probably a, um, position of someone who cares and and they're saying as someone who cares about you i don't think you need to be spending all this time uh working out and things like that and and so so um you you know it's uh it it i understand where they're coming from and and it could certainly be be true and uh i i definitely kind of realize now with with the the push of attempt that i made uh maybe i should uh 
expand my horizons, broaden my horizons a bit, maybe pump the brakes a bit on on the push ups, uh, and not be so involved because I it was it was quite heartbreaking when I wasn't able to finish, and um, uh, so maybe tying myself to just the um, physical achievements, especially now that I have this illness and. Um, it, it may make them worse and harder to do that it, it might not be uh, the best idea to tie everything to that and put so much time and so much effort into it so so yeah <laughs> um, I if, if I might and I don't mean to be rude I mean I'm trying to relate in some fashion right where like I have a similar situation not with an illness but with how I spend my time on something and perhaps I should pump the brakes a bit and reconsider how I invest my time and what I like, right. Still doing it, but not making it such a high priority is um, like, I like to do ultra running like the long distances, you know, above a marathon the trail running. And that takes a lot of like running to where if I do, you know, like a five hour, you know, like two long runs on the weekend. Right. And that's, um, you know, it could be five to 10 hours each, including like travel time and stuff to get to the the trails. Um, and if I did that every weekend, I'm a single father and I can't take my son with me. He's seven. And if I tried to be competitive in that atmosphere, I'd have to put all my cards into it. However, my current situation lends itself to doing more like creative things. Right. Or like um, I could even do uh, shorter distances where there's sprinting because I have my son. So I can look at my situation and see how I can best leverage my skills and abilities. Um, and I think what I will reflect on with like my past with drug, with you abusing drugs and then in the future using them more constructively, you know, in like times where I see that they're reasonable, same with food, right? Like not always just eating whatever's pleasurable, just thinking about my nutrition, my diet. Um, I think it's like a matter of learning how to course correct when we've hit a roadblock, you know, like as someone who's in the cycle of like drug addiction or food addictions, like uh, food addiction, let's go with that. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm eating this food and I'm, I'm becoming obese and I'm too, eating too many calories. And instead of like, okay, well, what do we do and how do we solve this? How do we pivot and make different decisions? It's like, well, I'm going to keep doing this, you know? And I, and I think that's like, like, I think we all experience that in our own levels, right? Like some people have a harder time with pretty easy tasks and some of us are <laughs> you're rather impressive with your, your feats for pushups among other things are like really operated on a high level with that. Right. And, but we're all just doing the same dance. Definitely. Yeah. It's, uh, it, uh, I, I, I think with, with yours, Yours is an, a great example of that. You know, it, it's hard. We all have something in our life. You have a child, and um, you know, I have I have family and in my store, um, which is kind of like a, a child a recovery. Uh, it's my cryotherapy location, and um, yeah, it's um, it it is sort of like my baby, and um, yeah, everyone has uh, something that that they care about that they're interested in and then and then 
do they do they give that up to focus more on something else? And yeah, that's that balancing act that that you and I and everybody has has uh, sort of achieved is uh, that balance. And I think everyone's looking for for balance, and and me especially, you know, with with all these push-ups and things like that. Um, yeah, I feel like maybe I should balance. Maybe I should pump the brakes a bit. Uh, go back to um, enjoying uh, exercise and things like that, and not not pushing myself as much, and then hopefully. That way, I'm able to achieve something even, even higher, even greater. So, so yeah, that's that's what I'm looking towards. Hopefully, could you tell the story about um, your push-up, your push-up record attempts, um, and what got you into those? Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, I tell a lot of people that, um, you know, I did the push it kind of randomly because um, I didn't want to um, uh, express as much about my own illness and my and my father's illness. Um, you know, the spinocerebellar ataxia that I have is hereditary and I got a um, my dad had it, and so um, he had it. Um, it it robs, you, robs you of your um, muscles. Uh, that's why I'm talking a little funny. Your your mouth and your tongue are muscles, and so uh, that's the most obvious thing. Um, you lose control of your legs. And you walk funny and then you use a wheelchair and then ultimately you end up bed bound. My dad was bed bound for about six years before he passed away. And, um, you know, I would sit next to him in the bed and uh, <laughs> it got to the point where... You know, I was spending hours at his bedside every day, so I, so I said, "Hey, I should do something while I'm while I'm here," and so I decided to start doing push-ups. <laughs> and um, so I would do, you know, I said, "Okay, let's try and do 500 in an hour," and I was able to do that pretty easily. So then I said, "Let's do a thousand in an hour," and actually, my dad, ever the um, the sweet guy that he was. Uh, I remember one time when I was just starting out, you know, he was sitting, laying there in the bed and I had just done a thousand push-ups inside of an hour and I got up and I said, Dad, I just did a thousand push-ups. And he goes, wow, he mouthed, wow, he wasn't able to talk. And uh, he, he said something I couldn't really understand him and I was able to put it together. He goes, do you think you can pick me up? And I said, I don't know, maybe. So I tried to pick him up and I was able to. He was quite well at the time, so it was, it was pretty easy for mm -hmm. me to do so. But I lifted him right up and, and put him down, and he just kept going, wow, wow. And, uh, you know, that was my dad. He was never um, upset. He was always proud of what I was doing and what I was accomplishing, Aww. even if it was some little thing. And so that really gave me the motivation to, 
to stick with it. And I got to the point where I would do uh, 1,500 push-ups an hour, 2,000 push-ups an hour. And then I, then I said, hey, what's the, the record for this? And so the, the one-hour world record was 2,300 at the time. This was a few years ago. And and my dad had just passed in 2013. So it was, it was about 2016 or 17. I started looking into breaking the one-hour uh, record for push-ups. And I said, you know, while I'm doing it, I've been doing push-ups for hours and hours. I haven't been just doing one hour. I can do maybe eight. So I did the one-hour and the eight-hour records back-to-back wow. years ago. And um, I always, when I finished the one and the eight, I always wanted to do 12. 12 was kind of like my Mount Everest, you know. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to get 12 hours of push-up. So um, I said... You know, after after I finished that, and and I was moving on to some other things, I said I'm gonna keep keep holding out and hope for that. So, um, uh, around the time I did the one in our records, I was diagnosed with my own ataxia, and so. Um, you know, since that time, that was around 28, 29 years old. I'm 33, so it's been about four years, and every year it gets harder. And so, is know, it like, like, sorry, oh, sorry, Brad, is it every year it gets like physically harder or ment like mentally harder, like no, dealing with physically harder? Physically. So, you know, with the taxia, um, really what it is is, is your muscles. Uh, it's called spinal cerebellar ataxia. So it's your cerebellum. Um, it's in your brain. And uh, the connections to your muscles become um, uh, weakened. And so um, every single one of the connections messes up. So, so it, like I said, most obviously it happens in your speech and in your walk because those are the two most obvious things I've... Uh, <laughs> Uh, my my aunt uh, told a story to me that my dad was at the mall one time and they called the cops on him and he mall security ended up escorting him out because they thought he was drunk in the mall, but he wasn't. Oh, wow. He just had a taxi. And I've had the police called on me twice now. <laughs> And they've come to my store. I've just been walking to my store and people have thought I've been drunk or dying or something. Whoa. Cops have come. So it's happened twice uh, in the last four years. Um, and, uh, yeah, so so a taxi, uh, I wish that was the, the worst of it, but the worst of it really is is the loss of muscle control. Every part of your body is a muscle. Mm -hmm. You lose control of it. Um, I'm I'm terrified of the day my heart starts messing up. It, it could certainly happen. Um, most people with ataxia pass from um, uh, um, the thing in your lungs um, when you have fluid in your lungs. Oh, COPD? Pneumonia. Oh, pneumonia. Oh, yeah, wow. So what, what happens is 
your throat and uh, muscle and your throat, the epiglottis, um, that moves food to your stomach and moves air to your lungs, um, starts kicking food and water over into your lungs because it's messing up. And then that makes pneumonia in your lungs. And then you ultimately die from that because uh, you're, you're weaker all around. Um, so, uh, yeah, ataxia, you know, just year after year, um, the, the muscles become more frayed, the connections become more frayed. Um, one of the, and the reason why I stopped with the push-up six and a half hours in was because different parts of my body were spasming and cramping my legs and my arms. And, um... Uh, yeah, with the ataxia, with those misconnections, what happens is because, you know, it's that ghost connection, you, your muscle doesn't know when to trigger, so it will just trigger involuntarily, so that the spasm and, and the uh, uh, contraction, and and so that, um, you know, I had, I had some friends that were there, and when I called it, they were like, your back was spasming like crazy, we didn't want to say anything. Oh, and, wow. Uh, I was like, everything was spasming, it was really rough, and oh. so... Um, you know, when I set out to do this, I I thought I could beat the ataxia. It certainly humbled me and made me aware that you know possibly I can't. Yeah. And so um, it's um, it, it's is it's a harder fight than I anticipated, but I'm going to take up the reins and I'm gonna do it and fight it and and hopefully uh, come back stronger be able to actually do the record yeah and if there's somebody too who just seems more like not even like just your amount of willpower alone man is, is super impressive like with with everything that you know that you've done for for the physical pursuits and then in the face of a taxi and dealing with you know your own father too like i, I really admire just the way it sounds like your your perspective on it yep Thank you. Uh, it's, uh, you know, with, with the ataxia, there's kind of one way or the other to go with it. Either you you can let it beat you down and be upset about it, or you can embrace it and try to be better. And that's, you know, I'm hoping that through what I'm doing, I can inspire other people to do the same. Um. Did you know that like the ataxia ran in your family when you were younger or did that blindside you? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. My dad um, started showing signs around 2930. And so, um, you know, we became pretty aware of it uh, as he was going through it. And so um, I, I, I always told people when I was when I was growing up, I said, you know, I'm, I'm operating under the thought that I might have it, but if I don't have it, hooray! And um, the fact that I did end up having it, um, you really couldn't prepare for it. And you know, uh, there there isn't too much more. Um, you know, I that that partially I think. 
that working out half my life was also helpful in that regard. And so um, when that, when it did finally uh, come uh, on around 2829, at least I was better able to uh, adapt to it uh, with my working out. And so, so yeah, it, it didn't really blindside me. I kind of expected it, but, you know, the hope always is that you don't have it, but, but, um, now that I do have it, it's, um, it's, it's like I said, coping and beating and hopefully I can do those things. Yeah. We were talking earlier about like, you know, spending your time doing those push-ups and like, or, or spending your time getting good at push-ups and being able to do high volume push-ups like that. And how like your family would have, you know, concerns by spending all your time in that, putting all your chips in that basket. However, like from what I've seen in my own experience with doing like uh, physical exercise, right. Uh, really any discipline, but I've revealed a lot of my character and I've barely scratched the surface compared to you. So I, I wonder uh, how has, how is spending so many years on strength and conditioning and also pursuing those world record push-up challenges um, affected you in your lifestyle and your mentality and your, even yeah. your coping skills? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, I do think, and that's the one helpful thing, you know, with, with the records and with, with what I've, I've run into um, and even yeah with working out you get stronger and you have things that you want to accomplish and then and then hopefully you beat them and um, because I was able to do that um, yeah I do think it has helped me as a person when whenever I have a situation happen uh, like I said I, I opened this store and I'm sure there's there's been many hiccups along the way with running the store and um, uh, and just in my own life and then obviously with the ataxia. But um, you um, through working out and, and, and um, through uh, breaking world records and, and beating the whole world, uh, it, it does make, make you feel like you can do anything so 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 that's helpful in that regard you know I'm, I'll, I'll have my down days with the text and I'll say hey look you beat the world in push-ups this is just mm -hmm. a text yeah you can you can definitely handle it or something will happen with this store and I'll say it's just something with the store uh you know you you've been doing your workout for 17 years this is one day or one week um you'll 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 find a way you'll be okay so so it's definitely um yeah that mindset um you you certainly need that mindset to be able to try to accomplish what i've tried to do and um it's, it's definitely helpful in, in every aspect having that that positive kind of i can i can do it if i try attitude can you give uh, me a little bit more of a, a backstory about what led you to opening up your store and what your store is about? Sure. So um, we opened 
accelerated innovative recovery air recovery it's a cryotherapy location and uh, i you know a few years ago was doing the push-ups and someone had mentioned to me that i should do cryotherapy look into cryotherapy for muscle recovery and um you know i i i started using it and I thought it was quite helpful so uh, there aren't very many cryotherapy locations in Michigan so we decided to open our store and um, we have um, we, I didn't want to just open a cryotherapy place I wanted to be able to help everybody you know that's the one thing where I was saying you know with my workouts and things like that I do really want to help people and it, it's very satisfying having people come into my store and being able to help them uh, with with the cryotherapy treatments which is cryotherapy is cold therapy for three minutes negative 300 degree nitrogen gas hits your body and um, it's from the neck down and there are just all kinds of benefits uh, reduced inflammation injury recovery things like that but we don't just have the cryo we have we have our infrared sauna which is you know infrared heat infrared rays and those are those are great for you we also have an anti-gravity treadmill uh, which allows you to walk um, on air and so you're able to go wow. from a hundred percent of your body weight down to 20 and anything in between and me with the ataxia walking is quite difficult and i love our anti-gravity treadmill it makes me walk like i have no problems whatsoever oh, yeah. i'm on there every single day uh walking away and enjoying it and so uh we have many items that I love to help people with, but I also get to help myself, and I definitely take advantage of that. So, um, that's like one of the greatest business scenarios, right? Is where you're helping yourself, and then you're extending that to the other people who who are either like you or who other who need you know a similar you know just a sense of recovery. And then at that point, it's like you know you're not you're not really like uh, marketing as much as just like sharing something that's helpful right exactly exactly and and it's the same thing sort of with the push-ups you know i i want to help as many people as i can so hopefully you know with these these push-ups people are able to see that um i say he's not it, it might limit you a bit but uh the one thing i was excited for is that it's not gonna knock me out and i'm gonna keep doing that and so so that may have actually been a good thing um not just knocking it out of the park and finishing uh, the first time, letting people see that it's not easy and it, it's something that you you definitely have to try uh, to beat. You can't just do it the first time around. Uh, same thing with with everything in my health and wellness place, uh, air recovery. You know, if you just go in one time, um, it's gonna be okay, but the more you do it, the better. And so uh, I feel that same way with with what I'm doing at the store and and what I'm doing with the push-ups. 
What was it like when you first opened your store, the first few months when you opened your store? Was it like an instant? Um, were, did you know that this is something that you're going to do for a long time? Or was there some uncertainty and you've had to learn from there? Yep, exactly. Second one, uncertainty and learning. And that, that's probably the way with most people. And that the, um, you know, the, the push-ups and the working out certainly helped me with it, get through the first few months when I said, you know, uh, this isn't everything. You can you can be okay and, and you'll survive. And then a year later, we're now a year and a few months open. Uh, we, we are certainly a lot busier and, and it, many people... Uh, the thing that I really love to hear is that people that are coming by are now being recommended from other people. Other people are saying, it worked for me and it was so helpful for me. you got to try it. And so wow. other people uh, have come based on that. And I love hearing that we've helped people and that we're going to help even more people. And, and uh, that's a theme for me. I, I, I would love to be as helpful as I can. <laughs> Before you opened up the store, did you have an outlet where you're helping other people like that, like that you were fulfilling that, that desire, that need for you? Yeah, unfortunately not. Uh, the one thing I definitely did with the working out was everybody that I saw working out or that wanted it, I would work out with them. And I would say, hey, let me just, you know, work out alongside you and, and tell you what to do and things like that. And that's, that's kind of where I realized, um, you know, I was interested in, in helping people. And, and it's, it's, it's um, you know, the same thing with, with the cryotherapy and, and my store and things like that. The more knowledge I have, the more comfortable I feel helping people. And so, um, you know, when we first opened our store, it wasn't exactly as versed as I am now. And then the same thing with working out. The, the longer I've spent working out, the and the more people I've helped with working out and things like that, I've, it feels good. Uh, taking time and sharing your knowledge and helping other people with that. Beautiful because they look at maybe people like yourself or someone who's doing like, I don't know, really cool base jumping things or maybe even as a professional artist selling their paintings and they don't see that, that they're able to attain the You're cutting out. It's cutting. Should I call you? Perhaps. Is it? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. Cool. All right. It was. Yeah. It was. It's cutting out the last probably two minutes. Yeah. So like. I would meet people who feel stuck, right? And they look at someone who does, you know, incredible feats of strength like yourself. Um, 
or someone who's perhaps painting like Bob Ross and selling their paintings is on like TV when he was alive. Um, and they would, they would see them as like the other, like unattainable, like they could never be like you or they could never be like Bob Ross um, because they just see all this distance between them. But what I love is, you know, when you're able to connect and I love to connect with people and just show them that like, you know, you and I are the same in some sense. We're just at different places and you can be here if you want to be here. It's hard and challenging, but you know, what isn't challenging, right? And, and like, I, I've accidentally stumbled upon my love of sharing, you know, my activities with other people. I didn't know I liked teaching. I just raised my son and I'm like, Oh, I'm patient with him. It's fun to be a dad, of course. Right. And then when I get into like jujitsu and like uh, exercise, stuff like that, instead of focusing on like, I like competing and stuff, but I found myself like more talking to people who haven't done it or who are already doing it and talking to them about like answering questions and teaching them. And that was like the way that I gravitated towards. And like organically, I started to find myself. I started off focusing on being like competitive, but now I'm moving to more being a teacher role. Right. And like, I kind of relate to you like that, how I'm, I'm seeing you, you know, exercising for over half your life. And like you stumble upon this thing that like you love helping people and you begin to realize that more and more. And then you actualize it by opening up your, you know, your your recovery center. And like it's beautiful because it's like unobstructed self-expression, you know. Like you're like the ways that you want to fulfill yourself, you're just hitting those peaks. And despite where um despite the things that have happened to you. Yes, yes, definitely. That's that's, that's a perfect uh, epitome of, of what it is that I'm doing, hoping to do here. And, um, yeah, uh, the... Uh, I think, yeah, I think the one thing is, is, is you know, how you were mentioning, um, some people look at uh, me or, or some other people and, and will say uh, that's way too far, that's too much. But my hope is that, you know, with the attacks, I'm, I'm more human. I, I, I let people see that, you know, I'm just like you. Uh, we all have problems and we all need to uh, try to address them and try to get better. So I, yeah, I definitely feel like yeah, um, anyone can get to where I'm at. Um, I don't think I'm I'm super special, and that and that um, uh, it is a handicap. You know, it takes it handicaps you, and so um, other people have handicaps in in other ways, and um, but you can still get beyond that, and that's my hope is that people are able to do that. In some of your, in like some of your harder moments, just to help like the audience be able to connect and humanize with you or connect with you a little more and to humanize you, like in, in your harder moments, what was some like key, uh, self-talk, right. Or coping strategies that you use to be able to sh shift your perspective, even if just a little. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> It, it's it's strange. Uh, maybe it, it works for it'll work for uh, some some people. Um, 
podcasts and things like that, when when you when you hear uh, it's it was really helpful for me hearing other people uh, achieving, and so so yeah, I think that um, you know if if it, it, you find your motivation when when you're trying to uh, when when you feel down, whether that's music or TV, um, with me with the push-ups, it was kind of a mix. Um, I had a few TV shows I would watch. I had some music I would listen to, and then there's also podcasts and things that you would listen to. Just get your mind off of it. Sometimes, you know, the best focus is is being unfocused, and so um, you know, I think I think a lot of people. You know, kind of find your uh, center, find your balance, and if you like that, uh, use that to um, help you achieve your goals. Uh, looking back over your life, uh, if you could, what could you tell me about a time that was like your most cherished or fulfilling moment? Definitely. Um, it, I would say um, my, you know, my dad. Um, when when I was with him, um, uh, it, it's it's one of those things that I guess um, when when you have a a person leave your life soon. Uh, you kind of idolize them m- more so, and so I, I was kind of like that with my dad. But I was I was really appreciative of the time that I got to spend with him. So, um, you know, like I had mentioned that that moment where I picked him up and he was he was uh, amazed. Um, it's is it's not really. One thing, it's it's more of uh, a bunch of little things where, um, you know, I just, I could see that my dad was um, more uh, focused and determined and uh, caring. And so I, I loved all those things about him and I loved being with him. So, um yeah, it wasn't really just one thing, it was just many things being with my dad. So I guess if there's one thing someone could take from that, it's it's whoever, whatever uh, gives you an interest, if it's, if it's your son um, or, or anyone's other interest, um, uh, grab on tight to that and, and be appreciative of that. And um, the more you can be with them, the better. Bro, you can make me cry, man. Like, (laughs) I never really had much of a relationship with my dad, but, like, my son and I are really close. And, like, it's probably the closest familial relationship that I, you know, had in that, like, paternal way, I guess. And, like, I just, I'm, like, thinking about my son and I's relationship, and it it just really motivates me to be, you know, to delight in him, to be with him more, you know? And man, that relationship means everything to me. 
Thank you for that, Brad. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, um, just like with my dad. Um, I could have gone forever when he, when he passed away. Um, I felt like, you know, um, he had done enough, but I, I definitely wanted to be with him as much as possible. So, yeah, always cherish the moments, you know. <laughs> and I want to be respectful of your time. So is, is there anywhere that people can find out more about your recovery center? AirRecov.com, A-I-R-R-E-C-O-V.com. That's our website. I'll be sure to leave a link to the website in the show notes. And is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience? Thank you. Um, uh, I'm Brett Masserant, B-R-E-T-T, Masserant, M-A-S-S-E-R-A-N-T. And... Um, you know, if if you are feeling down and you just need some motivation, I, I'm going to try and do a working out with a tech deal at least once a week. So if you look me up on Instagram or Facebook um, and, and you can at least maybe take some pointers in my workouts or it takes some motivation from my workouts, um, I hope that you know i can help people in that regard i'll be sure to leave the link to your uh your social media profiles uh, in the show notes and i'll share some of those videos too when they get released on the social media too (laughs) yeah it it was really nice to meet you brett i appreciate your time and you really are an inspiration to me man thank you so much so great to talk to you Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Brett, you can check him out over on his YouTube, Brett Masserent, um, with two S's. And you can also find him on Instagram, at Brett Masserent. You can find all the links to his um, Instagram, YouTube, and his website, airrecove.com, in the show notes which is on your podcast app or becominghumanpodcast.com where you can pick up all your swag needs. Need a hat? Need to hide that hair? I sure do. You can pick up flat bills. We even got shirts, too, to hide the nipples. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to this episode, and I hope you guys are enjoyed your summer. <laughs> <laughs>